I mean, at some point, we should definitely turn this into a into a multimedia facet. I think I think that that'd be good. So I I, I agree, but I think we have to get better at podcasting first. Otherwise, <laughs> it's the big the sort of pauses that need to. Well, I've, what I've started doing with all of the edits is I've just started doing less and less to get people more and more eased into it to eventually get to the <laughs> point where we can just here's our here's our unedited it's just sam's uh you know you know <laughs> <laughs> i like your name by the way i love it mcluzin is. is is perfect I think. whereas yours is coming to us from a sort of <sighs> privileged position I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not exactly magnanimous. I don't get <laughs> your victory. It's 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 straight up to the point. And uh, for the listeners, Tom is Tom's name is six and zero. Oh. It is. It very much is. And we and will so get into his that. Team. Yeah, we will get into that in a second. There was quite a lot that happened this week, and I saw some of it. <laughs> I I must admit that this was the week where I, instead of watching all of the games, I saw three games in full and then watched the highlights of all the rest. So if, if my analysis alone is shit, then that's that's why. I spent all of Sunday stressing and then cheering about wins. So, like, you know... I think I'm allowed. I think I'm allowed it, but I will. I will grant it today. Yeah, but the unprofessionalism but I, will be sniffed out in time mm, for next week. I would also just quickly like to post a retraction slash apology to the listeners for in the latest episode, which will be out very soon. Um, I ahead of week seven, I called it inconsequential, and it turned out to be the best week so far. It this week was the week that had the best games with the most happening and we figured out like this was the first week I think that we actually got like our actual playoff picture now we've we've been able to see which teams have got actual aspirations and which ones are pretenders and what well, oh what a, and then two of the best games all season one of which was probably the greatest game of the last sort of 3 or 4 years I think in in the late window on on Sunday but we'll uh, should we should we, prob- we start should we start reviewing some games? What get, should we get again? Should we get some shout out of the way so we can some driftwood out of the way so we can sort of uh, join in the good ones with Samuel? Yeah, I think that there is no greater driftwood than Packers Texans this week. I mean, you you say that, but actually, it was the the score looks competitive in the game was for a while and then wasn't and then the Texans sort of racked up the score late in the game but actually the Texans do look much better now they've not got Bill O'Brien yeah it's almost as though sort of firing your head coach can actually promote a bit of a culture change within the team I think the reason why I wanted to call it Driftwood is we didn't learn much about either of these teams we knew that the Texans were basically fucked um for the season and we knew that the Packers were basically going to get the playoffs but 
I mean, it 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 was frisky. There wasn't really much driftwood in terms of like which games were just clear cut. This team is going to win, and there's nothing to talk about because every game was a frisky game, as this season has shown. Every game has the potential for a big swing. So I think the stat is that every single week of the season, a team has come back from a 16-point deficit, I think, except for this one. Mm-hmm. But there were plenty of teams that came within a score of the 16. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't think that we really have much of no, apart from that Deante, uh, sorry, Devante Adams is ridiculously good at what he does, and he is the thing that makes that Packers offense tick. Um, 44 fantasy points on the day if uh, all of you fantasy heads. He was only outbeaten by one wide receiver who happened to also have been playing in the game of the past five years. So that's that's impressive stuff. And he, he will be a big asset for the Packers moving forward, 110%. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it's good that you mentioned assets though, because I mean, one of the big points I got from this is that Laramie Tunsil finally looks like a proper, proper franchise left tackle. Yeah, he he, he smashed it. And this is up against the a team of pass rushers that aren't actually pretenders. It it sometimes goes understated how much the the two Smiths actually disrupt quarterback play. But the Packers, edge rushers especially, are, are not to be sniffed at. No, but the Texans were, I mean, they did get, they did still pressure Deshaun Watson, but I think that a lot of that pressure came up the middle or from mm. the right. Yeah. Because Tunsil, Tunsil had a great game. And I think once again, he sort of, um, he was the most penalized uh, lineman in the league last year. And I think he gave away his first penalty this week, this year. So I, do, I just think he's batted in and he's playing really well. Yeah. Shall we move over to a game that could also be a bit drift driftwoody, but still plenty to talk about in it? Chargers Jags is a game that, I mean, Justin Herbert is lighting it up, and he deserved the win this week. I mean, it it definitely helped that they were playing a team that didn't have a chance of of actually putting up any numbers. But oh God, what an exciting rookie! Yeah, he's fun, isn't he? Like the I was I was saying this to Emma earlier. The offensive rookie of the year is absolutely wide open this year. Yeah. I mean, we pretty much nailed on that you're probably looking at either Patrick Queen or Jeremy Chin for or Chase Young perhaps for your defensive rookie, but you have so many people that it could be for offensive rookie. I mean, quarterback alone you've got three names potentially that that could be there. Two of them definitely should be. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's um Exciting time to get such good young talent, but you're absolutely right. Justin Herbert is sort of um, I don't I don't know because he, you know, whenever quarterbacks come out of Oregon, I think mm-hmm. the fear is that they're not going to adapt well to a pro style offense, and I was scared about that with Herbert as well. It's the same thing that happened with Mariota, where the team wasn't built to his strengths, and so, but Herbert's just proved that his strength is just downfield throwing. He looks like. Honestly, he he kind of looks like a more mobile Philip Rivers. Well, this in, is in the a thing, weird way. This is what I wanted to mention. It's I think Justin Herbert is already about a tenth of the way to Phil Rivers' total rushing yards in in a Chargers uniform. I think he's got sixty eight. Phil Rivers had six hundred and ten in his seventeen year tenure. So amazing! Good amazing. God! Yeah, the man was a statuesque, and we loved it. <laughs> He is the epitome of the pocket passer. And and this is the thing as well that I mentioned in, in another group chat. 
there's all the talk about the sort of mobile quarterbacks who will extend plays and make things happen, like your sort of Lamar Jacksons, Patrick Mahomeses, you've got your Josh Allens, Kyler Murrays. But for some reason this year, we've now had two pocket passers that can just sit in there and make good throws. Just give Joe Burrow a better outline, and he's he's right in there for a pocket passer, I think. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I think Tua's the same. Yeah, it, Tua's not a it, mobile guy. I mean, they they're none of them are as slow as Rivers, but then Who like is? we're talking Elvis <laughs> Gerbach, like. <laughs> um, yeah, I it's 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 fun and exciting. I'm just trying to think what else, because again, you've got another fun QB on the other side with Gardner Minshew. Mm. And I remember reading reports before this game that if the Jags didn't do very well, they were going to bench Minshew. And I remember thinking to myself, Why? What are you, it's the height of incompetence. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, that, that whole decision would not make any sense to me. Like, I know that he's not played well, but you look at what options they've got out there. I mean, obviously, James Robinson, uh, Robinson stepped up very well as a as an undrafted free agent rookie. But you've got DJ Shark and then, what, who, Chris Conley? You, you're really going to put your fucking hopes on Chris Conley and DJ Shark? Get out. And, and this it, yeah. is coming off of possibly one of the worst defences in the league as well because they've got no pieces except Miles Jack. Like, what is Gardner Minshew meant to do in that situation? He's still racking up points in this god-awful coaching scheme as well. Yeah, and players are dropping like flies to injuries around him as well. It's a horrendous time to be a Jacksonville quarterback, but don't like alienate the one guy who seems to want to be there. Mm. Yeah, because he might end up being their franchise guy, and if you piss him off when he's only in his second year, when he's not really done anything wrong, then what are yeah. you what are you doing? You're going to trade him to the to the Texans eventually when they trade Deshaun Watson? Like what what what's that all about? It's a good question, actually. We can we can just briefly broach that topic. Do you think that Deshaun Watson will get a? Do you think that Deshaun Watson and do do you see it as a long term partnership? I suppose is my question. Mm-hmm. See, I think when Bill O'Brien was still here, I thought that Deshaun Watson was going to be the next out the door because there was a lot of unrest, and I don't. I, it depends on who they bring in next as their general manager. Because I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with Deshaun Watson. There is nothing wrong with him. But if a guy wants to come in and set up like a completely different style of offense and maybe Deshaun Watson ends up costing them too much money for the sort of offense that they want, like, I, who knows, really? I, I don't want to see him leave Houston except for to go to a better team that has a better chance of winning a Super Bowl because I think he deserves it. But to trade him away would be silly. Well, I mean, isn't he a free agent? Is it the end of this season? Is he a free agent, or is it next season? Um, Obviously, they, can, they I can, think it might they be. Can choose to extend his contract for another year. Yeah, yeah, I think if they take the six-year option, then or is it fifth-year option? Sorry, fifth. Yeah, fifth. Then he's got another year on top of on top of next. But I think that next year is because isn't Trubisky's final year next year? Yeah, although they've not they've not accepted, they've declined yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, which is perfectly reasonable. Um, <laughs> speaking of Trubisky, by the way, um, have you seen who the potential target for him going to would be? I have seen and heard a couple of rumblings, and so, none of them make me happy. I mean, the biggest one I saw was him to the Cowboys. Yeah, that's the one that I saw as well. It might have been you that mentioned it, to be honest. Yeah, and 
you can kind of see it because they need uh, if the Dalton injury is, and we'll get onto that. But if Andy Dalton's sort of um, his status is up in the air, I don't think the Cowboys are going to want to consider this season a lost season because of how much of a shitter the NFC East is in. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, they are still level um, with two other teams. And I don't know whether or not Sam's going to really want to talk about it, but shall we move over to Washington Cowboys since we're already on the topic? Sure, man. This was a a shellacking, a drubbing. Yes, it was. How about them Cowboys? Brings me great (laughs) joy to say them. Every time. They might be my least favourite franchise that technically has done nothing to piss me off. I'm I'm of the same boat where I think that everyone who didn't grow up in the Dallas area and is a Cowboys fan, I find them sort of... Repulsive? Yeah, just sort of like, yeah. Yeah, repulsive. Why not repulsive? Yeah. The the Dalton injury as, as a whole could have potentially been like, if you're looking at the box score, oh, that would be like the moment that everything changed. But no, the the Cowboys before he left were completely shit. I think they only racked up sort of 38 yards of passing offense all game up until he went out. And uh, J- Joe Danucci? Ben Danucci. Ben Danucci comes in and almost matches that on his first throw. So it's it just yeah. everyone is misperformed in the Cowboys. I think that Mike McCarthy is sort of being found out. And I think there's a genuine possibility that he goes after this year because Jerry Jones is getting on. He doesn't want these fucking, oh, we're going to try and reinvent the wheel kind of guys who come in with all of their shenanigans and end up buttering the team that had a lot of promise before the season. I mean, pre-season, I, ha- I, I have to admit, despite me not liking anyone from the Cowboys organization, I had them in the Super Bowl and I'm being punished for my hubris. We we can all be punished from our hubris from time to time in our Super Bowl picks. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the thing that gets me is I remember I got to the end of that defense. I got to the end of that game because I watched the whole thing. I mm. wanted to um, I wanted to really sort of dig into it because for some reason I just I the the football team do really intrigue me at the moment. Yeah, and, same actually. Yeah. And so I watched this whole game. And do you know what? Honestly. And I never thought I'd say this, but a Ron Rivera offense outschemed the um, the Cowboys defense. It wasn't even just that they were better on the day; they were comprehensively manhandling them at the line of scrimmage. The receivers were permanently open. I don't think Cal Cal Allen had to throw to a like throw a contested catch all game. Nope. There's, there was a lot of sort of um, trickery with regards to pre snap motion, and I just think yeah. Everything from top to bottom, that Cowboys defense was bad. Even though they had Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch back in the linebackers, they just weren't the same. And it was so ungainly a performance. And on the other side of the ball, for the Cowboys, did you know that Amari Cooper was the only receiver to catch a pass until the fourth quarter? I did not know that, but I only heard one name mentioned when when I was watching sort of the highlights roll back in. Because, you know, whenever you're watching, like, Sky coverage and they always go for, like, a, around the around the league sort of... Here's, a little here's, bit of a rundown. Yeah, here's what's happened in the other games and they're always about 20 minutes behind. I only heard Amari Cooper's name 
and then Andy Dalton's when he got hit, and that was it. I think we have to we have to start talking about how Ezekiel Elliott has been found out this year because oh my god, I you can say everything that you want about Mike Smith's defense, and you can say everything that you want about bad scheming and losing Dak Prescott, but in times like these, when you're playing against teams that maybe could potentially be run over, you need your elite air quotes running back to go in there and actually stuff shit against the Giants he was bad and they very nearly lost as a result of it who did they play last week um I can't remember it was Car- um, Cardinals That's who that it was, was it. yeah he put the ball on the ground without even being touched on one occasion and when you're in these sort of positions and you need to get out of a hole you need your big skill players to pick uh, to pick up the slack and there's no better way to help settle a quarterback who has only just joined into the team and he's got these options and their O-line has been bad. Like this, this O-line is basically constructed out of like scrap paper at this point because they, they lost two all pros in the, in the off season. I don't, I don't think that Ezekiel Elliott has done anywhere near enough to justify getting a contract that's remotely sizable. And I know that running backs can have bad years because Alvin Kamara did it last year, but I've never, I've never seen Ezekiel Elliott as this high-profile elite running back. I think he's always sort of been fine, has the occasional big game, and now he's sort of being found out because he doesn't have an O line to sit behind. I don't know whether or not you've got any thoughts on that. As well, I think Sam I think the O line is up. Hello, Sam. Hello. Yo, yo, yo. Here he is. Yep, dog. How's it going? Not bad. Yeah. It's going all right. Sorry, Can I I'm see late. the chairman? I had to, to make herbal tea. Ooh. I, don't, I mean, I don't think you had to. I think you opted to. Uh, I just got in from work. Do you want me to be cranky on the Zoom call? <laughs> <laughs> I actually would love you to be. I like cranky Sam. I mean, I don't. And this tea is flavoured like hot buttered rum. So I'm doing as much as I can. Yeah. Okay, cool. I need that state of mind. You've actually you've joined us at the right moment. We're talking about uh, two teams in your division, Sam, uh, the football team and the Cowboys, and just how much of a mess the Cowboys are in, really. Yeah. Have you mentioned Des Bryant going to the Ravens? We haven't yet, but ah, that is that is some breaking news from Sam Whiffen, who uh, from Sam Longdon, sorry, who comes in here with his incredible breaking news here. takes. Yep. He is the... How else are you supposed to keep a breast of the NFL news? Yeah, precisely. He's basically you are the font of all me. knowledge. He's our on-field report. Yeah. The senior one, correspondent. The one conduit. He's <laughs> <laughs> this podcast Michelle Tafoya. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Ed, did you have any any points about Zeke being... He's just fucking fumbling all the time, isn't he? It's like, what is it now, eight? Yeah, eight. Like, <laughs> eight fumbles. This is... In seven games. You know the expression from like 1970s old heads of the NFL where they always talk about how running backs sort of rumble and fum- uh, rumble and stumble? <laughs> Can we start yeah, calling fucking Ezekiel Elliott the rumbling fumbling man? <laughs> well, I need. I think he just needs his proper title, which is dickhead. <laughs> uh, Ezekiel is- dickhead Elliott. What were his um, stats like last season for fumbles? Not high. I mean, I don't. Did yeah. it last season. See, I don't. 
I don't think they were too high, but they had a good O line last year. They they haven't replaced any of the pieces that they lost, and that was is that the difference maker potentially. I mean, we we've, we've seen it a few times. You saw what like you saw basically that the O line can sometimes make a, a running back at times. You saw like a production drop off from from Lev Bell when he left the pretty solid Pittsburgh O-line to go to a complete mess of an O-line in, in New York, and that was a fall-off. Uh, Saquon Barkley's been bad in, in that Giants O-line. Last year, he was terrible, and they had basically one of the worst O-lines in football. Aside from a couple big runs from Nick Chubb, we didn't really see masses out of the Browns running backs until they fixed their O-line. So, yeah, I think I think that could be it. Mm. The O-line is... I think one thing about the O-line is it's it's weird to think of them as not just like a wall of five people, but actually the important thing in the run game is that they create holes and spaces for the running backs to run through. So yeah, the amount of times that you see sort of a left guard go and pull and make a block downfield, like that's the sort of thing that yeah. you get your money for as an O-lineman. It's not just being a big hunk of meat protecting yeah. the quarterback. It's there to actually get downfield and create a gap, mm-hmm. which the, the Cowboys just don't seem to be able to do right now, unless they've got Tony Pollard in, which is, the reverse <laughs> of that whole point that I just made then about O-lines. <laughs> Do you want to move over to a game that hit my eyes, but not yours, Sam? <laughs> the Falcons-Lions game, where the Falcons blew yet another substantial leading position. Late on, I think this time it was only a 96% win percentage as opposed to the 99 that they've had basically every funeral. week. That's- that's Sam, but you are actually on the you are actually on the microphone. Oh, hi, hello, yo, dog. Are you wanting to join us? I'm in a fever. Get in there. My limbs are hurting. But what what games are you up to? Um, we're just about to do Vikings, uh, not Vikings, Lions, Falcons. <laughs> yeah, we're just about to do Lions, Falcons. Did you say something mean? Because he pulled a face. <laughs> I, I did. I said we're just about to do Vikings, and then I had to stop myself because. I'm talking about the third best team in the NFC North and not oh, the fourth. Ooh. Not the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm not, I'm not sure what he's doing. He's hooded himself. <laughs> it's a little bit like, do you know, Sam, you might know this reference a little bit better. Do you know when uh, Kane came back without his mask and he had the hood? Yeah. That was yes. sort of what Ed reminded me of when he pulled that. <laughs> The only reason why I mentioned that is because that's how Kane looks on SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. When he's doing his entrance music, he's got the fucking hood on. <laughs> Coming out to fucking Slow Chemical, which is his best song. Is that the one that's like, boom, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, guys, I'm, I'm really sorry to distract us again. Emma, would you come back, please? <laughs> I want to show the boys the, the finished product. Well, not the finished product. The finished product. Emma and I, well, Emma's been doing all the artwork, but Emma's been making this book. Oh my God. That is amazing. For the listeners. Can you hold hold that up again so I can say (laughs) Hannah? This is a book that Emma has made. (laughs) I mean, I want to be able to make that book. Oh my god, they're really good! Got... Yeah, that is actually, they're incredibly good dog drawings. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. And little, that's... like, descriptions of them. So, this is Julian. Julian's a Rottweiler. 
Big fun. Big fun. Julian is stoic, probably doesn't have time for it. Anti shenanigans. Fantastic. Um, this is Dennis. Oh, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis has quick feet, hates fuss, best river dancer you've never seen. For the <laughs> listeners, if you're wondering what's happening right now, Emma has made a book called Dogs I Have Seen in the Park and it is incredible. And there's all <laughs> of these you. little there's all these little drummings of, of dogs. This is my Christmas present. Yeah, yeah, I'm draw I'm I'm getting through. We've got um a lot of dogs to come, but <laughs> this is Lloyd. <laughs> With his little waggy tail. Was he by any chance a German Shepherd? He was. Oh. Hey! We could play. We could totally play Pictionary with this book. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my segment. Stunning. Emma's corner Truly this week was, was dog corner this week. All right, back to it. Yeah, back. Just to be, just to be clear, by the way, we've not asked the um, we've not asked the owners for the names. Those are just the names that we've provided. Yeah, I just described so. the dogs. I assumed that people hadn't named their dogs Julian and Lloyd. <laughs> Why wouldn't they have? That that, can that be like a, only... a returning segment? Dogs ever seen on the park? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love to make that a returning segment. Can we Super. call it like the dog house? There we go. Yeah. We've already got the name for it and sure. everything. <sighs> Never miss. <laughs> like Lucky Luke. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Falcon's Lions. Falcon's yeah, Lions. Yeah. I just don't get some how you can like that Falcon's kit. It was an absolute okay, I'll fucking say travesty. The the picture, like when it cut to it on Red Zone, like between the uniforms and the the pitch, which is obviously horrible, it wasn't a pleasant picture. That being said, I I, I do like the the lions like grey jersey and the Ooh, the no. the Falcons one. I admit is a bit like divisive. Well, it looks like a, a like no fear shirt that you'd buy in Cornwall when you were eleven. It looks like it looks like <laughs> someone fucking pressed the gradient button on like Microsoft Word two thousand and three. I'll start white it, at the top. I don't think it looks bad. It does, Sam. Well, you hate fun. Oh. Well, clearly, my, clearly, I'm in the middle ground because I also hate an all grey kit, and isn't that supposed to be fun? Well, to be fair, I, I think I can, I can be okay with the lions all, all grey slash silver kit because like I the think it can. The blue highlight. I think like it, it, I think it's fine. I just don't think that it works well when you're looking at it with that pitch. That field yeah, in Atlanta it, is possibly horrible. the worst I saw. Like all of our color clash conspiracies that we've come up with like oh the the football team and the browns they they clash like a bitch or anything that's brown versus red is horrible on the eyes but nothing hurts my eyes more than the field in atlanta except yeah. the team what? that plays on the field in atlanta what's wrong with it what's like, wrong with... what is actually wrong with the field i just don't think that, that it right. gets enough si- like because they've they're in like a domed stadium and i don't know whether or not it's because they've not got enough sunlight or if they just put it on upside down but an inside out field. On upside down. <laughs> yeah. It was built on top of an, like an Indian burial ground. <laughs> Maybe that's the curse. Atlanta can't win any games or any leads in any sport because all of their stadiums are built on Indian burial grounds. Yeah. May all your broadcasts be grey and grainy. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, I think that might have just been. I, I, 
I'm reluctant to call it racist, but it was certainly xenophobic. <laughs> I think it's probably about as racist as Dan Snyder. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's not that's not good company to keep. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But as we've already discussed on our own group chat, nobody in the NFL is good company to keep. Apparently, no. no. I, I I looked up Ray Carruth. Did you? Did you see what yeah. he did? What an unbelievably awful human being. You know, you know how bad it is when I I looked up quite a few of these articles that people had put together of like the most scumbaggy NFL players, and there are like people who have committed several atrocities, and Ray Carruth is always the number one rated scumbag. I haven't looked at what he's done, and I don't really know that I want to. It's yeah, you, you're you're probably better off without it. Something moderately bad in my mind. Inquisitive listeners can find what they need on sort of your Wikipedia articles, but I think I'm happy it. to say that Bastard of the Week is Ray Carruth, <laughs> just because I've yeah. only yeah. just found out about him. But this happened many moons ago. We hope that he rots in jail. He's he's been released. He was released in 2018. Oh, what a what a shame! So he's out there, Tom. He he certainly is. Coming for you. Probably. But, you know, I'll take it. Uh, I'm not pregnant, so... Yeah. yeah that that, that should have been... been that should have been the indication that if you if you don't know what he did, then just just don't. Like, don't don't do it. Can we get yeah. back to some football? Let's do it. And what um Well we've Detroit still... Atlanta. Detroit yes. Atlanta. Right. Yeah, Matt Stafford, man. Actually, just quarterbacks generally called Matt. Yeah. Oh, no. no, no, yeah. Because both of them had very good games as far as I was concerned. And to be fair, Matt Stafford, I think he is in very uh, limited company right now where he's like, I think he's top three in the NFL all time for uh, game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. And he's the he's Lions clutch. quarterback. Yeah. Like, imagine how many of them would have just been straight wins if he'd have even been in, like, a halfway decent franchise. Exactly. Matt Stafford could mm. potentially have been a Hall of Famer if he had an actual franchise. I, I, I think that if he has a long enough quarter, uh, a long enough career, I think that he'll get in there in the way that I think that players like Carson Palmer should probably get in there. Yeah, I I, I do actually agree with that. I don't, I don't understand why Carson Palmer isn't in there. I thought that he had a very good career, but maybe... Maybe playing for the Bengals for several years probably wipes you out of any contention. <laughs> um, How awful do you think Todd Gurley feels right now? <laughs> oh, God. Well, speaking of running backs that have had a down year because of a bad O-line, Todd Gurley has had a little bit of a career resurgence with some touchdowns in Atlanta, but this one is definitely not one that he wanted to have, where if, so he, if, he, if he goes down... Without scoring the touchdown, the Falcons can kick a chip shot field goal and win the game. And instead, he accidentally carries it over the goal line. And you knew that he did it accidentally because the moment that he realized what he did, he tried to recoil in horror and be like, no, I didn't cross the goal line. But but he he had. Him trying to save it is so funny. (laughs) Oh, it's brilliant. It's such an Atlanta thing. Falcons way to skate. And the best part is, is they they got the two point conversion, and they still knew that with <laughs> Captain Clutch over there on the other sideline, they were probably going to be fucked. Yeah, yeah, 
it was the second second most enjoyable trip of the week, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Watching Daly sort of flub into the end zone. And in fact, the linebacker who just sort of thought, oh, he's got past me, I'll give him a shove. Yeah. <laughs> that kid's an MVP in my mind. But um, yeah, it was, yeah. It, and it was one of those games where it did feel weirdly back and forth. And Kenny Galladay had an outstanding game. Oh my God, yeah. I think he had six yeah. catches and all of them are contender for catch of the week. But none more so than I think the first one where he, he rose to the, the highest point of he would be the only person getting that ball. Took a hit in his legs and still held on and kept him by oh, that himself was on brutal. Just what a what a what a performance from a, a man that potentially could be a little bit on the chopping block due to lacking production in Detroit. Well, Galladay Galladay's been injured. I mean, I think I think we all know just how good a receiver he is yeah. when he's healthy. But yeah, he does just have that asterisk. And then I think there was I love a bit of late game heroics. And Matt Stafford was the hero as he sort of found T.J. Hawkinson at the end, who hasn't hasn't set the world alight. I don't think T.J. Hawkinson. <laughs> T.J. Hawkinson. Ah, my name T.J. Hawkinson. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, yeah, TJ Hawkinson sounds like a sort of department, de- department, department, department store in like downtown Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Just on our way to TJ Hawkinson's, gonna pick ourselves up some lap fittings. Oh God! Go oh. topic again. It's because the Falcons are so easy to just stray from mentally. Yep. Mm. As really, for the most part, are the Lions, unfortunately. And I like yeah. the Lions, but yeah. I mean, at least the Lions can, you know, pull it out sometimes when it really matters. Yeah, at least they're not the worst team in the NFC North. Yeah, they're, they're, they're actually yeah. middle of the road right now, three and three. So I guess oh. good work from... <laughs> Am I right in saying this? Are they the only three and three team in the NFL right now? Uh, I think everyone else is either winning or losing. I'm not sure. Are the Colts... Oh, maybe actually. Yeah. Shall we move over to a game that is a complete mess that somehow we haven't talked about yet? Yeah. Do it. Jets Bills. Which one is that? Jets Bills. Yeah. Adam Gase is still in a job. (laughs) It is week seven. We have done 14 episodes of this goddamn podcast, and Adam Gase has not been fired in any of them. I think he'll still be there come next season i i genuinely if he's not been fired now then i could see that being the case he's he's put down roots he's like a like a he's like those weird parasites that sit on a fish's tongue yeah <laughs> a japanese knotweed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah yeah and the worst Fuck part you, is the worst part is 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 the Bills didn't punish them in the way that I hoped they would. I wanted the Bills mm. to go in there and spank them 42-7, to just yeah. wipe them off the face of the planet and force Joe Douglas to be like, right, clearly this isn't working. Get out of here, Adam Gase. But they didn't. They actually let them actually take the lead before halftime. They went in leading, and then they sort of hiked their way back in because of Tyler Bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, six of eight field goals. Six of eight field goals. Well done, Tyler. Um, Tyler dropped the bass. 
Do you know the do you know the sort of offensive stats by the way um, between the two halves for the New York Jets, Sam? Because yeah. I think Ed does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For anyone Four yards that, in the second half. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know, the Jets <laughs> gained about 188 yards in total the first half, and then people have suspected that Adam Gase took over the play calling in the second because they gained four, four yards against the Bills. There were some good kind of defensive plays by the Bills. Yeah. Littered amongst that second half, but not enough. For four uh, yards. Four yeah. yards, Jeremy. Four. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. The lawyers are going to be coming. <laughs> so, is, so is Ray Carruth. Maybe they'll wipe each other out. <laughs> I, looked at, I looked at what Ray Carruth did, by the way. Oh, he did. Bastard of the year. Yeah, no, bastard of just forever. I feel like I feel like name I feel like putting him in the bastard hall of fame kind of minimizes what he did somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should just have, sore. Yeah. The 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 bastard hall of fame and then jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there's there's in these articles that I was reading when I when I found out about Ray Carruth, is like you were seeing people named like Terrell Owens, who was like famously a dickhead to people in the in the locker room, but like didn't ever commit a crime. And then he was just being put up against like Darren Sharper, who committed several atrocities. Uh, Michael Vick, the dogfighting ring. Obviously, I know you're gonna say the name. Go on, Ed, say it. Sean Payton. Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. But yeah, like to see him put up against these guys that committed crimes, but weren't quite on that level. It just sort of didn't do it justice. It was just yeah, I feel a bit dirty talking about it. Let's move on again. Um, Saints, Pan- <laughs> Saints, Panthers. Speaking of Sean Payton and Darren Sharper and oh, Breaker Ruth. Christ, how have we ended up here? We've managed to find a game that. We can we can segue into from horrible horrible people, <laughs> only to realise that we've segued right into the cathedral of sin itself, <laughs> <Yeah>. the Superdome, <laughs> the cathedral of sin. Oh, so we've got the factory of sadness and the cathedral of sin. I don't understand yeah. why you hate the saints so much. Because of the, the bounty gate scandal. Yeah. Because of what? The bounty gate scandal, and we're not talking about like bounty gate when your nan eats all of the nice celebrations and leaves oh, you with I the was, bounties. Oh, you, you got that before me. Of course, I did, Sam. I'm a professional. You pair of bounties are great, freaks. No, fuck. Hey, the no, I don't like bounties. They bounties are, great. are disgusting. They're great. Mm. No, it's nice. Like, it's not as rich as everything else. The bounties, yeah, but... bounties are the last Jedi of of the celebrations tin, so that does explain it. Yeah, no one wants powdery chocolate. Powdery I... is not like a nice food name texture. The day that I like forced myself to like bounties was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> no more was I throwing out a dozen chocolates with every celebrations tin. <laughs> so you are you acknowledge what? Have you ever eaten another chocolate bar and go, ooh, this is an acquired taste? <laughs> no, usually you eat a chocolate bar and think, oh my god, it's chocolate, and that's it. Whereas for bounties, you're like, ooh, I quite like the just disappointment of it. Oh, it's great. Feeling it's sort of wilting in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and the but... taste buds go mild. 
<laughs> on a serious note, can Delicious, I make a, it's creamy. Can I make a bounty gate point just while I've got you guys? What you was bounty gate? What was bounty gate? Do you want to know the yeah. story of bounty gate? Greg, can you yeah, tell it to me in a concise can just, fashion? Can we sum it up in in yeah. five words? Because we yeah, five words, Ed. Saints paid players to maim. There you go. That uh, actually did it very well. I yeah. kind of, I, I feel like I know about that. It happened against the Vikings, obviously, which is but why it's Ed's not just very it's angry not, about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it happened. It happened against the Vikings, so naturally I'm peeved. But it also happened against a number of other teams. But it was, mm. it was sort of like. The difference between other teams and the Vikings is they did it to us in the NFC title game. Yeah. Unsportsmanlike. However, I do have a certain attachment to the Saints. Why? What is your attachment? The the Saints Super Bowl game was the first game I watched. And I played as them on Madden for like years after that. that That is an affiliation that I can sort of relate to. Yeah, How does it feel I, I, knowing that the reason they got there was because they committed numerous breaches of player safety and should have that Super Bowl rightfully rescinded? But it was against the Vikings. Not just against the Vikings, it was all season and it was for three years. So yeah, the, the, I point, like the point that I wanted to make is how Jonathan Vilmer, who's one of the players who, in, in addition to being an active participant in the scandal, put up $10,000 of his own money for other players... He's now a commentator because you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> I can't remember if he's with CBS or Fox, but yeah, he's he's. I I don't want to listen to games that have Jonathan Vilma commentating because it makes me apoplectic. Uh, hey, if if maiming's a crime, then aren't we all guilty? Now, uh. <laughs> <laughs> from this game, I have to admit. I didn't see much of it, mostly because I forgot that it happened and didn't look up the highlights. That pun was so close. Not pun, kick. It oh, was, the the was. sixty-five yard try from Jerry yeah, Sly. Heartbreaking. Did you have you seen the picture from like the side angle of it? No. It is. It looks like it was only like a foot kick. short though. It was. It literally. It could have grazed the underside of the crossbar. That's how close it was. If it was a sixty-three, if it was a sixty-three yard kick, it's through. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part yeah. is, it wasn't in sort of like Denver or with like a very very strong tailwind. No, it was in a dome. In the Superdome, yeah, yeah. Bloody mental. So, congrats, Joey Sly. You almost made us very excited. Give the man a silver leg. <laughs> Yeah. Other news from this. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, once again, beloved by all. There was a moment <laughs> where he went to sit down on the Saints bench. Yeah, that was oh, lovely. lovely. Bit of loveliness there. When it just... And um, I think it's finally time as well to... Why is, why is Taysom Hill now just taking other people's snaps? I have no idea, but I saw basically the same sentiment so many times on Twitter while I was just browsing at half time and and at basically every quarter interval uh just so many people are just like yeah but why is Taysom Hill on the field cuz I mean, it's like before I, when he was a gadget player sorry Sam isn't he still kind of just a gadget player 
Yeah, but they bring him out on non-gadget plays as like a blocker to make you think it's a gadget play. But it's just like they've t- they like, totally overplayed their hand whenever they bring Taysom Hill out. I like. To- I don't I like- know a lot about football, but surely if your kind of quarterback is as limited as Drew Brees is, surely this is only a good thing. Yeah, but the only problem is, is you know, if you're going to try and have like gadget plays or like fakes or anything, don't do it with someone that isn't very good. Which is my problem. <laughs> which is actually my problem with using Cordell Patterson as anything other than a special teamer. He's not very good. Oh, I like Cordell Patterson. No, no, no. no. You right. get off Cordy no, Pig. Shut up. Shut up a second. Hear me out. Right, <laughs> Cordell Patterson, lovely bloke, very good special teamer. The moment that he's in your offense. For more than a snap, it is dead. And they did it on fourth and one. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it <laughs> later because it, it actually pissed me off when I saw it. It pissed me off because Corderell Patterson and Taysom Hill fall into the same bracket of if you're relying on them for more than five snacks, uh, snaps a game, you've probably fucked it. I love that there's one guy in the same room. I mean, I, I agree with Tom about Taysom Hill. I mean, he's taken up far too much of my time and he is actually a Mormon. But he's a Mormon. Patterson, yeah. <laughs> is oh that God. a slight against him? I no, believe from... that I can overthrow 20 receivers. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Um, but no, Cordaro's great. He's a... <laughs> He's a multi, he's a Swiss army knife. Tom. Yeah, but explain to me how many of those tools are actually good except the special teams. <laughs> he's not what the you, best what you, back what, in the league. What you've basically got is you've got like the Swiss army knife, but it's just the toe knife. And then everything <laughs> else, like you have one <laughs> bottle opener and then 15 toe knives. And that is what Cordell Patterson is. Are you saying the bottle opener because he's capable of popping off? Yeah. He's capable of popping off a big one, and then that is it. He'll just sort of gouge at your feet, and that's it. Right. Well, I like Cordarrel, so I'm happy to disagree. Sam, we can't hear you. Sam, have you? Are you all right? He sort of threw. He sort of threw his head back to laugh about the toe knife thing, and then we lost him. I think. I think he's. I think he's gone. I mean, we can still see him. He's just sort of tapping his ears. He can hear us. Yeah. I've just seen him mouth that. Why is yeah, he holding, okay. like, a little mushroom? That's his earpiece. Oh, I see. Looks like a billy goat with that beard. <laughs> Can't hear you, Sam. Can't hear you, Sam. Every day, one man must sit on the floor in some pillows next to a clothing rail in a spare room while his colleagues sit on a comfy bed with appropriate seating. For just £200 in total, we can get this man a chair and a table so that he can podcast in comfort and not need to stretch his groin every week. Please, please pledge as much as you can or as much as you really want to to this poverty-stricken boy and help him afford a table and chair. Please go to http colon forward slash forward slash www.stiffupperlippod.com forward slash the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal. Thank you and please donate what you can to this 
unfortunate boy. Thank you. This has been a message brought to you by the Clef Chinchilla Appeal Appeal Foundation. If you would like to know more, please visit our website. Thank you. Should we move on? Hey, do you guys remember that time Daniel Jones tripped over when there was no player who was a five-yard during of him? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Hey, hey I remember. I'd, I'd like to see you run 80 yards. I could probably do 81. At Mac 1 speed. <laughs> <laughs> Mac 1. So he broke the sound barrier. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Still, just sound like a crumpled heap. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Unbelievable. Right, where are we? Where are we now, Tom? Whereabouts in those beautiful American states? We've where got in the world. Sam, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the choice of where we go next between Bengals, Browns, <coughs> Titans, Steelers, Ooh. Broncos, Chiefs. Uh-huh. Patriots 49ers, uh, Cardinals Seahawks, uh, Raiders Bucks, or Rams Bears. Oh god, we have a lot to discuss. Uh, we do. I want to finish I want to finish strong, so I'm going to go Rams Bears. Okay, that's fine. Get it out of the way. This is perfect because it now means that my my gadget discussion can can be brought in. Cordell Patterson was brought in <laughs> on a fourth and one instead of an actual running back and then when they got stuffed, Matt Nagy was like, "Oh, well, it it, it Never worked, so why wouldn't it work this time? Matt Nagy's not called his finest game there. I don't think anyone mm. will agree. And I also don't I'll think... Yeah, yeah. there's there's still plenty to be excited about if you're a Rams fan. I don't, I don't think that the Bears will be too disheartened by this game. Both, both teams end up 5-2. and two. I think, again, that's a pretty accurate representation of how good the teams actually are. But I think the one thing I would say is... They, the Bears do need to simplify the playbook. Because yeah, I think there's they... all of this strangeness going on when actually they just need to start throwing to the receivers. Well, there's there's the reports coming out um, after after the game last night where Nick Foles told ESPN's crew in the sort of player coaches meeting or whatever <laughs> that Matt Nagy is calling plays and Nick Foles knows for a fact that this won't he won't have enough time in the pocket to execute because the Bears O-line hasn't given him enough time and his receivers won't be open enough. Or, you know, Nick Foles, the very experienced quarterback that has won a Super Bowl, knows... He's won a Super Bowl MVP. Ow. Yeah. He he knows what he's doing. What so doing? why So why won't Matt Nagy allow him to make adjustments? Like, I don't understand it. And this isn't me dunking on the Bears, it's me dunking on the play calling last night. It just, it boggled the mind a little bit. Like, there were plays where Nick Foles made things happen, which shouldn't have ever happened. Like, the throw across the field to Cole Komet was a gorgeous play. Unbelievable play. But Mm. those plays can't happen 40 times a game, because that would put everyone in jeopardy, and... Unfortunately, last night they tried to call just ridiculous shit all the time. And I don't think that David Montgomery helped them out last night. Granted, if you're running into Aaron Donald, that's fine. But I don't think David Montgomery has covered himself with glory in any of his games this year. In fact, I don't I don't recall a time that David Montgomery has actually strapped this team to his back and at least carried them 
sort of across the line. They win games without him, and he sort of adds a little bit to it, as opposed to him being an actual offensive tool. I think that's the thing. I think they've tried to build this sort of whole offense by committee where sort of like everyone chips in a bit rather than like having the sort of the one bell cow player. And I think it worked a couple of seasons ago when they weren't expecting it, but now it's sort of, it's not, um, it's not as functional a system. I think they need to still need to pick up another Ow! player on offense. Hannah seems to be yeah. having some issues. Is she okay, Sam? <laughs> the cat keeps biting her leg. Oh, no. Sorry. What have you done wrong, Hannah? What have you done wrong? She, well, we haven't fed him yet, which he's oh. struggling with the with the clocks going back. Of course. Uh, of course. Yep. Grumpy cat. Yeah, they just they just have to learn. Okay. He doesn't bite me, so what are you going to do? <laughs> Is that because if he tried to bite your legs right now, he'd like clang off some sort of metal and rubber contraption? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I've got a nude ankle at the moment. Oh, Saucy. Oh. Showing a bit of leg, lads. <laughs> <laughs> He's showing a bit of leg. But uh, in terms of in terms of the game, I just want to point out how good a game Johnny Hecker had. Yes. Oh, five punts. Five punts, all down within the 10-yard line. There was one in particular that was absolutely incredible. He boomed a 68-yard punt. It was all air yards, and it oh. bounced straight up into the air inside the 10-yard line flipped the field completely and put like as much as we've dunked on the on the play calling of the bears and they'll probably make adjustments they also won't be pinned within their 10 yard line every single drive it felt like i mean Cordell patterson couldn't get anything going even if he wanted to because the rams special team unit were unbelievable on all on all facets i thought Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so big up the Rams although that's again the Rams is another kit where you looked at against the sort of classic of the Bears like that beautiful navy and orange and it looked so ugly and unpleasant like a sort of technical a nightmare they have they have one variant of it that I don't mind and it's the same actually with the Chargers I think that the Chargers and Rams have both got one variant of their uniforms that I don't hate and I actually really like but they use them once this year, and I don't understand it. It's like watching football, but somehow also Tron. Yeah. Colours are fun. Colours are fun, but they have to be nice colours, Sam. Like, the Buccaneer Red isn't... Well, wasn't yeah. fun. It, we're watching it is football, actually... we're playing Space Invaders. Like <laughs> They can't all be those horrible, technical... Uh, yeah, just monstrosities, I, I, man. I dig it. Can you dig it, sucker? <laughs> right, where are we going next? That, I mean, that's the new theme. <laughs> we can't just take <laughs> Sam doing Booker T's theme. We all did something, Sam. <laughs> yeah, we, we did, actually. Oh, um, God. Incredible. Can I say, uh, can, we, can we do the Pirate Derby? The Pirate Bowl. Yes. The Pirate Darby. The Pirate Darby. Those clashing I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, before we finish discussing this game, I'll think of a better a name than the Pirate Ball. Okay. You guys can talk about the football. The okay. eye patch clash. <laughs> Tom Brady's still really good, isn't he? Yes. After last year, after I 
quite publicly bashed him for potentially being completely done. I think I owe Tom Brady an apology, which I never thought I would have to do. But good God, this Bucks team is, is they're catching wind, they're catching fire at the exact moment that they need to because they need to assert their dominance now in the NFC South. And what better way to do it than with two back-to-back 40-plus yard, uh, forty plus point games against two good teams. The, the, mm-hmm. the Raiders aren't pushovers. The Packers definitely aren't. And the Buccaneers have just gone in there and mauled the pair of them. I think this could genuinely be a year where the Buccaneers make a deep playoff run. Everything would point to that. I mean, they are deep at every skill position. You're exactly right. Their interior of their own line is great. You know, it's it's um, defensively it's they're great. In the secondary, they've great. been fantastic. For a team that last year I wasn't having really too many hopes about their secondary wise, they have they've proper nailed it out of the bag. To be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the other th- yeah, like you say, the Ravens are not the Ravens. The Raiders aren't a bad team at all, and they probably didn't deserve to lose quite as badly as they did. I mean, at times Derek Carr looks great, and at times Derek Carr looked like Derek Carr. It was mm. it was sort of like on a snap to snap basis. But yeah, all all I really took from this team, the sorry, this game is that it just feels like. It, do you remember? I'm struggling to think of like a more recent example of this, but do you remember the greatest show on turf where they were like, yeah, they would beat you in the air if you were bad at pass defense, or they would beat you on the ground if you were bad at run defense. Yeah, because they had is... uh, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Jerome Bettis. That 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 yeah, greatest precisely. show on turf was was some team. Precisely, and it feels like the books have sort of made assembled that on on offense, like that. On any any given snap, one of those players will beat their one on one, and chances are Brady are going to find Brady's going to find them. Unfortunately, we have to mention a name that we pretty much last year swore we never would again, but Mister Big Chest has found a landing spot in Tampa Bay, Florida, and he's linking up with Tom Brady again. Antonio Brown has signed a one year. Basically, all bonus incentive contract. Like, there is no guaranteed money in it, basically. And everything is performance-based incentives. To basically say, if you're going to be a shit, like you have been in all of your previous locker rooms, you're out and you're getting no money. So, we saw that that was the way that the Patriots wanted to handle him and it didn't quite work. I don't know whether or not Bruce Arians will be able to, but... Yeah, I, Bruce Arians has worked with Antonio Brown before. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, it's a scary prospect to add one of the greatest mm-hmm. wide receivers of the past two decades, potentially to even a, longer. Yeah, To a team that already has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Yeah, although I'm going to be interested because Mike Evans is apparently just as much of a locker room disruption and as much of a diva as Antonio Brown and OBJ have been. So adding Antonio Brown to this team and then trying to decide whether or not to target AB or Mike Evans to keep either of them happy is going to be a nightmare. Anyone with their own name tattooed on their biceps. That person, <laughs> what? That person sounds a bit like an egotist. <laughs> yep, that's what happened to Mike Evans. And anybody that seen... throws furniture out of their uh, fifth-story oh, apartment walk onto oh, some no. women below is probably a massive wanker that seems fair 
yeah. Gronk looked pretty pretty good in this game. Spe- yeah, speaking of massive wankers, yeah, <laughs> yeah um... I thought I thought this Gronk was dead. I mean, he's some sort of hideous sort of tortured Frankenstein's monster Gronk. <laughs> Not that he wasn't always, but like. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I I thought he would sink like immediately at, at Tampa. Was that some kind of joke? You thought he'd be. You thought, you thought he'd be ruined he'd, in Tampa. You thought he. You thought he'd sink immediately. No, but do you want to? Do you um, want to say it again? But as marooned, and me and Tom will go. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, I thought it'd be marooned in Tampa. <laughs> Excellent. I felt dirty saying that. We're keeping both of them in, by the way. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll use that bit as the intro spike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. no, he did have a good game. You're absolutely right. And it, again, they, they've got OJ Howard as well. Have, haven't they got Cam Brate as well? Well, OJ Howard's out for a bit, but Cam Brate has been stepping it up. So yeah, they're, they're not they're not talent deficient at any position right now. Nope. And then you also factor in that they, they, it's Tristan Wirfs that they've got at right tackle, isn't it? So, yeah. Very good draft pick. I think he's the best performing rookie tackle so far this year. And, yeah. How's uh, how's Andrew Thomas working out, Sam? Um, <laughs> 49ers Patriots. <laughs> oh, what a crushing win for the 49ers. And my streak of mm. picking their games correctly comes to a screeching halt. Um, I mean, didn't have faith. Yeah, I, I didn't want faith. But the didn't age have faith of Cam in Newton the in the what? <laughs> <laughs> in the Shannon That's how you just yeah. called him. <laughs> Is there? I want to. I want there to be some kind of you know. I want to call him a shaman in some kind of... Kyle I want the shaman Shanahan. Yeah, Kyle shaman Shanahan. M. Night Shanahan. Kyle the shaman man Shanahan. Because <laughs> <laughs> like oh, he's always um... very creative with his play call. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Are the, are the Patriots kind of dead and buried? Well, they're sat two and four right now in a division that has yeah. the Bills and Dolphins. I don't think that they're making the playoffs because every other division in the AFC has playoff contenders in there that are better than the Patriots. And, mm. oh, God, it's not looking good for Bill Belichick's team right now. There was always this sort of talk about, well, we gave the talk about Cam Newton going in there and now we've given him like a proper weapon. But Cam Newton these past couple of weeks has been just shit. It's just awful. His shoulders mm. regressed back to sort of injury levels. He's not moving about as much. He's just making bad reads, bad decisions, overthrowing, underthrowing. I would just like to point out at this point, we, medical professionals, though one of us is, we don't have any idea of what the lasting effects of COVID might be on Cam. You know, I mean, I'm not suggesting it's, I'm not suggesting it's affected his shoulder specifically, but like... <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there is enough there to say he might still not be on his game for that. I don't think that. I, I don't. I don't think that we should question Cam right now. The rest of the, the Patriots certainly. Well, the reason, the reason why I think it's probably fine to question Cam is, is 
or at least question Cam's performance, is the Patriots organization, I don't know whether or not it was Bill himself or some other no-named lackey um, who will eventually go on and coach the Jets, Dolphins or Giants at some point. Um, But they came out and said, oh, if it was actually to do with COVID, then we'd have put him on IR still, but this is just Cam Newton's performance. Yeah, I think it has to be. Like, I think if there were any like lasting concerns about, you know, COVID and how he managed it, then they would be of the ilk where he wouldn't be on a football pitch this early. Yeah. There's there's some credence to that, but equally I think it, I do think it is worth knowing that like he may not be a hundred percent yet physically and in the same way that he might be cleared for contact but doesn't particularly want contact. That is true. One thing about the Patriots um... organization that I do want to make a, a point about is we all know that Bill Belichick is an unbelievable head coach, but as a GM, is Bill Belichick actually hindering the Patriots right now? Because if you look at their their sort of roster right now, I don't think I could actually name you any of their skill position players apart from Sony Michelle, Ryan Izzo, and Julian Edelman. Nikhil Harry has gone missing and been injured repeatedly and not actually played. Um, I mean, it's not like Edelman's. Well, Julian Edelman leads the league in, in drops. For... Uh, yeah. Ryan Izzo, I think, is now out as well because of an injury that he picked up during this game. Um, the biggest one that's out as well. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, Joe Tooney left this game. They're back up, back up centre. Yeah, they they are a team that are crocked on lacking talent, unperform, uh, underperforming development players, and injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's high t- It's high time to sort of get the scythe out, take everything completely back to neutral and start again, really, isn't it, for Bill? I mean, they were two completely mixed metaphors, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, it's about time just... <laughs> you, need to, you sort of need to slash and burn this team and just get back to the roots, sort of decide mm. what kind of offence you're going to be. Are you going to be a power run team? Are you going to be a zone run team? And then just sort of work it from there, mm. I guess. Mm. Cut Cam Newton off at the ankles build a new quarterback mm-hmm. grow That's a new quarterback like <laughs> more like how like stem cells <laughs> <laughs> is bill Belichick going to be at the patriots forever no it's hard to believe it's hard to believe he won't haunt metlife once he's dead yeah mm. i think that I don't know. there is there is no greater curse than as soon as Bill Belichick dies, MetLife just burns to the ground and the New York Jets are hit by, like, a drought that affects just their family, <laughs> uh, well, their players. On a serious note, well, not a serious note, as a joke, but have you ever met someone who you are less sure is going to be a ghost than Bill Belichick? <laughs> I don't... I feel like any kind of, you know, haunting or, you know spooky activities he'd he he wouldn't be into at all he you know it's too much for him oh no see i think the opposite i think he's got a very sort of he's got very a very vindictive sense of humor though no. he, bill belichick's actually quite a humorous guy when he wants to be yeah when he wants to be like the reason why he does all of this shit like giving one word answers where he sounds like he's like bored out of his mind at press conferences and like wearing the sleeveless hoodies is because he's doing it to take the piss out of the NFL because he hates everything about the NFL except him coaching football teams. I don't know. I, I, 
I don't like him. I think he's a miserly old man. He is. He is a, he is a miserly old man, but there's there's nothing to say that he can't be both. These aren't mutually exclusive. He is quite as a, as a noted curmudgeon. Yeah. Does anyone know about the story of when Randy Moss got him to a Halloween party? No. <laughs> I do, but you best tell him for some. Yeah, so um, Randy Moss obviously is a very outspoken gentleman. Um, he mm. actually also ended up on those articles quite a few times for his locker room d- presence. <laughs> and in a meeting with Bill Belichick, I think he, he invited him to a Halloween party. And I think it's on film because, you know, they're basically always filming yeah. things in New England. That's a joke. Um, they <laughs> they invited him like to a Halloween party and he dressed up dressed as a pirate and they went rollerblading, like all of the Patriots organization. <laughs> like Bill Belichick like, was taking the piss saying like, oh no, you don't expect to see me there. And then he shows up dressed in a full pirate costume, like a parrot <laughs> on the shoulder and everything. Tell me, Sam. I just saw you dribble. Then I literally <laughs> just saw, literally just saw a ball of gauze just make its way out your mouth and down onto your lap. Hey, it's okay. The bird. All right. Yeah. Um. Shall we move on? Yeah. Um. Because we have some games left. Something. Oh. And I've forgotten it. Oh, I wanted to. <laughs> in um in talking about how. Belichick might not be at the Patriots. Uh, uh, I didn't really get a good opportunity to say Bill Belichick, please, which I did want to. So I'll just leave that and then I'll uh, let us go along our merry way. Right. Okay. We've got four games left, and I want to move on as quickly as possible from whatever the hell that was. <laughs> yeah. Bearing in mind, we do get a lot of international listeners. It might be because you know. They have different modes of humour. The, you know, the nuances are different when it's done into another language. Dude, the <laughs> Belgians will fucking love that. <laughs> Slip that one in for the Filipino fans. <laughs> oh, can't wait for the Qatar listeners to enjoy that one. It was Oman, not Qatar. I reckon we've probably got someone from Qatar at some point. Certainly. I mean, I'm I... just glad we don't have the Burmese coming after me again. Yeah, A family true. friend of mine was the personal doctor to the Qatari royal family. So, it's possible. Uh, well, it's... Emma's friends with a Kennedy. Well, she's definitely not friends with after after that. <laughs> definitely not friends with. Also, shout out to uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. the nineteenth uh, for just being a dick. Really? Yeah. That's that's an yeah. official endorsement. Anyone that supports Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. the the alive Kennedy probably shouldn't. Yeah. And if you're a dick mm. to my wife to be, I'll be coming for you. Yeah. Enjoy the coronavirus that eventually gets you. <laughs> you old fuck. Fantastic. Ooh. We have four games left. Shall we go do a snow game? Yeah, but... Oh, I love it. I didn't love it, though. Because no, it, it wasn't was a proper snow game. game. Yeah. No, it was like a dusting. It was like a sleep game. Yeah. I want a slush game. I wanted what happened between the Eagles and Lions a few years ago where it was like, Players were getting tackled and coming up with their face like a fucking snowman. Yeah, or the, the incredible like one of the Colts coldest... Bills game. Yeah, Colts Bills. And to be fair, we tend to see quite a lot of that sort of stuff happening in in Buffalo. But yeah, hmm. sadly not. To yeah, be wasn't for... this one of the coldest games kind of on record in Denver? Yeah, it was. Yeah, sounds about right. And then 
I mean, the Chiefs still managed to throw in that. That's that's all. That's all the support I need to say that this Chiefs they're getting right, aren't they? Well, I mean, it it certainly seems hindered to a degree, but it wasn't really the Chiefs' offense that did it for them. It was sort of they made a few defensive plays and they they had that hundred and two yard uh, kickoff oh. return. So it was like they did it all. And they comfortably destroyed the Broncos, but they did it without needing their offense to show up. Really, I mean, they didn't. They didn't really have Le'Veon Bell or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire even really take large snaps. It was just. Oh well, no! They won it was because solid, they yeah. were the better overall team. It was a solid performance, yeah, in all three phases of the game. But what I what I mean, sort of, is that if you can. If you can go into a winter night in Denver and win, then you know well, that I'm not. I'm not trying to say all oh, these. The I guess I kind of. I'm trying to say all oh, these Chiefs. Chiefs are incredible, but I think what I sort of more mean is that they are showing that they can win in multiple ways. I guess. Yeah. Um. Have you guys had time to catch up on Melvin Gordon's failed flea flicker? I actually I didn't get a chance to see it. But go on, regale us with exactly what happened. Oh, it's well, just essentially. What is it? Drew Lock hands it off to Melvin Gordon. He turns around and just spudges it over his head, <laughs> and it goes back for about twenty yards as a football. And then I think Denver do recover it, but it's it becomes like a third and forty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quality! Yeah, that's Melvin Gordon's second fumble of the game. He's another one that I just I'm not enamoured with as a player or a human. Well, yeah, I mean he he. He got himself arrested for DUI. Uh, was it two weeks ago or last week? I think it was two weeks ago, but it was again this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck what you, Melvin guy. Gordon. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos are currently one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Um, they've they've got a lot of players out, but you can't really excuse losing in, in some of the fashions that they have. But yeah, they're... They've not really been convincing in any game. Um, I mean, they, they can build around Drew Locke because they do have a good receiving core when they're all healthy. Yeah, I mean, I Cortland think Sutton and Jerry Judy alone mm-hmm. are enough to build a team as well. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got the two Noahs, Noah Fan and Noah... Well, no, sorry, Albert O, Albert Okwegbenam. I mean, I, I was getting him confused with Noah Igbenogany, the, the Dolphins' corner. The, yeah. Yeah, 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 but that, I mean they've got two solid tight ends there. So I I think they've got and Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay, of course. So I, they shouldn't struggle offensively in the future. But right now they're just suffering because everyone's fucking injured. Mm. Yeah, it was National Tight End Day today. Um, oh, you know that's that, something that... that George Kittle made up. Yeah, it's not like yeah, that fucking oh, let's get George Kittle's like national holiday that he decided to make up out of nowhere, and then we'll just. Every time a tight end makes a play, oh look, it's National Tight End Day. Oh, he's showing him some love. Fuck off! What an insecure group of people. <laughs> I think that we should create a National Anti Tight End Day, where any time that anyone completes a pass to a tight end, they get booed and heckled, and people throw tomatoes <laughs> from the sidelines. <laughs> you know what? Even better, National Fullback Day. National Fullback Day had support. National Punter yeah. Day. National Punter Day would be great. Because they're all the sort of lovable, like, 
Douchebags. Yeah, they're all the lovable douchebags that you want to go for a beer with because they show up on the field four times and then they get paid like a reasonable amount of money, but they just have these like insanely good personalities because they just kick the ball fucking miles. Yeah. So yeah, national punt today. Tom on punters. Have, Pun- has this <laughs> has the discussion of this game run its course? Yeah, it ran its yes. course pretty quickly, and now we can get on to three of the most exciting games. I think we should start with Bengals Browns. Has anyone got anything to disagree with me on, and that we should go look at someone else or Bengals Browns? Fine with that. No, Joe Burrow is special. I mean, he's very, very, very good. But Baker Mayfield had a very good day as well. It was two mm. young quarterbacks that. I mean, Baker Mayfield has had something to prove ever since last season, where he was downright Bad. shit. And Joe Burrow is a rookie looking to prove that he is the answer in in Cincinnati. And they were both just able to sling the ball. I mean, the stat for Baker Mayfield that was... uh, He went 0 for 5 with a pick from his first five passes. The pick was on his first pass again, second week in a row. Yeah, and it got OBJ injured with a torn ACL as well. I knew knew it was out for the season. I didn't realise it was a torn ACL. Yeah, torn ACL. Joins the torn ACL gang. Uh, mm-hmm. All sort of hobbling around with one leg. Yeah, after after those first five passes, uh, twenty two consecutive passes completed, including it was. Oh, go on. Sorry, no. After you, I was going to say including the game winning throw to Donovan Peoples Jones, who sounds like do you know when Japanese developers make like American sports games and try <laughs> and come up with like American people names? Donovan Peoples Jones. I yeah, I kind of I like. I'm I'm gonna start calling him DPJ because I think that's yeah Ooh, a nice like acronym yeah but um I yeah he he looked fun and sort of tasty but the only reason he was on the field was because OBJ was crocked Rashad Higgins was crocked hmm. Jarvis Landry's praying through a broken rib like Cleveland are thin at this point yeah the, yeah their receiving core has taken a real big hit did you know it's not technically 22 completions though not no because. We're not count- we're not counting the spike. Let's just let's just disregard it. I don't think that spikes should go down as a pass complete uh, incompletion or a pass attempt on a stat. It's obviously a spike. Like we get it, it counts as an incomplete pass. That's the whole way that the spike works. But can we just can we erase it from the stat line because it's rubbish. Same with kneel downs taking off like minus one yard for like players rushing totals. No, because obviously that's brilliant. Because then when Tom Brady went over a thousand yards twice, because he kneeled down and went backwards to nine nine eight, and then had to go back up. No, again. obviously that was brilliant. But like, can we just disregard these like bits of clock management as an actual thing? Well, not unless we also discard them from the sport. They they leave a statistical footprint in the same way as a punt does. There's no you you can't. You can't logic your way out of that scenario just by saying, oh, well, there's things I don't like about this, so I'm just going to disregard the results. I think that instead of a spike, if everybody is set, the QB can just shout, halt, just just scream, halt, and then they lose a down and stay exactly where they are, but the clock stops. That way it doesn't count as a passing completion, and we don't have to sit through the complete stupidity of watching a quarterback just... Or... What they can do is they can escape the pocket, sort of like the hash marks on either side, and then throw it out of bounds. Why would they do that? That because that's okay, also an example an of an incomplete pass. Intervention. We're talking about something more interesting now. 
We are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are we stuck okay. on this? Go on. It was, yeah, the game was fucking back and forth. It was brilliant. It was sort of, it sort of reminded me of, you know, the end of Rocky where they're both like slugging each other with everything they had. Yeah. Like both teams were bringing backups in and like guys you've never heard of were getting touchdowns. And then on the other side, someone would find some resolve. Um, I will say it was a beautiful pass from Mayfield to find Peoples Jones in the um, yeah. in the end, but it was but it was dreadful play from the DB. I mean, if he just turns around, he just it basically hits him in the face. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's a it's a nice throw. It's a, a tiny little bit underthrown, and the DB should have done better. That said, this is going to go as a loss on Joe Burrow, but it should never go as a loss against Joe Burrow because he played really well. Well, it's the it's Joe Burrow has been hit with some very unfortunate losses this year or mm. very unfortunate circumstances like in week one when they played the Chargers and Randy Bullock shanked a 25-yard field goal like that goes down as Joe Burrow taking an L in his first game but Joe Burrow did nothing wrong in fact Joe Burrow was their only offensive target uh, player that day Joe Burrow I think has been incredibly smart with the football I think he's been incredibly talented with the football and I mean even it came down to a Hail Mary throw and there's been questions about whether or not Joe Burrow has the arm strength to throw it oh, as, that far. That was, but it's 65, yards. Yeah, 70 yeah. Yards, 65, yeah. 70 yards of air, uh, air time. It very nearly made its way through. It was just that, yeah. I mean, AJ Green gave up on it. <laughs> he did. He, and he's, he's the guy who sort of lurks at the back and feeds off the scraps because of his reflexes normally. I mean, that's how the last, I think the last three Bengals Hail Marys have been caught by AJ Green. But yeah. like You've got to actually try um, for it, AJ. <laughs> but yeah, it's a testament to how good he is that he's on pace to shatter all of the rookie records. All the rookie passing records, you know, TDs, completions, completion percentage, the lot. Yeah, isn't Justin Herbert basically now like almost level with him though because of the amount that he's been slanging it in in games maybe maybe i don't know it's something i'd have to look at i didn't didn't know but yeah potentially you're right actually it just this the the way that both of these guys have been playing it just does make me a little bit sad that in week one we got to rod taylor instead of justin herbert because i would have loved to have seen a a shootout between the number one overall pick and a guy that most people had down as like a draft bust absolutely launching it all over the field at each other like that would have been that would have been just great fun and instead we, we got to have taylor yeah and we appear to have some sort of demon on our screen yeah we've got like a a, a vile monster hello samuel you are very cute hello samuel, hello, samuel. you are very cute <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Go on, you boys in blue. I did. Did you notice that I put that in for? I, I used yes, yours I and mine. Yeah. <laughs> right. We've got one minute. I think that we... gives us enough time to talk about the Steelers, don't you, Sam? Yeah. We are probably not going <laughs> to have that his much face. time. Let's Look just... at his face. <laughs> like a slapped ass. <laughs> oh. Look. We Look. got him, Sam. We got him good. Yeah, you... proper. You're we'll, using up that minute, man. We'll, we'll see you in a second. <laughs> Titan Steelers, then. Because I presume that we're leaving the the best till last. Let's do it. Tom, yeah. summarise this game in five words. Steelers are unbeaten bitches. Suck it. That's six words. 
Yeah, but suck it. It counts as, <laughs> counts as one. That's that's the classic Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> fan right there. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a hyphen, then it doesn't count. <laughs> oh dear! It was yeah. The Pittsburgh played really well in the first half. Yeah, and then Tennessee mm-hmm. played really well in the second half, and then the ghost missed his kick. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm seeing. I'm seeing the same comments that happened after we beat the Browns where the Steelers apparently haven't beaten anyone. But then they seem to neglect to mention that we just beat Where, where the do five you find eight. these? Yeah. Literally, like you find the, literally, like an alternate account. No, like, literally all over Twitter, my guy. But this is the thing. It always comes to us and all three of us have been then, saying, oh yeah, the, 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 the Steelers are legitimate contenders and all three of us have been saying it since like week two. We've had nothing but praise. And then our gridiron chat, it's exactly the same thing. And yet every time <laughs> Tom storms in and was like, I'm just saying, early in the I'm second just... quarter, like, yeah, let's go, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so... Look, I'm not... all I'm saying, right, is that if you if you can't celebrate a win between two unbeaten teams and one of them happens to be your team, then you're in the wrong you're in the wrong business. And I sure are celebrated. Cause... It's like those um, it's like those articles that Shea newspapers put out where they'll be like, viewers rage after Bake Off something and it'll be one person that's complained about it on Twitter. It's definitely not one person, Sam. But can we can we get off of this train <laughs> of thought? Three. Can we can we get off this train of thought? Because clearly you guys don't actually do the looking in basically anything that's got replies from oh, Titans fans. He's 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 coming at us for our lack of preparation. <laughs> it's all right because this is the one game that I prepared for big times. So and it I, shows. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers had actually gone on a run where they hadn't scored a touchdown on their first drive for twenty-four consecutive games coming into this game, and. Usually it's been a, a Pittsburgh Steelers like tradition under Mike Tomlin to you defer if you win the coin toss. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Look at, Sam, look at Sam's name. The Pittsburgh victims. Look, all I'm saying, all I'm saying <laughs> is I'm going to talk about the game and how we won. So anyway, I'll get back to my point. It's been a bit of a thing that we always defer. So we won the coin toss this week, and apparently Mike Tomlin was so sick of being asked about not scoring a touchdown on the opening drive that he elected to receive the ball first off, and we put together a 10-minute opening drive, which culminated in the first touchdown in 24 uh, consecutive opening drives. And basically the entire first half stuck at that same pace, like... The Titans had points in the first half, but they racked up, I think it was 20... Oh, no, sorry. It was three yards of offense in the first quarter. Um, wow, had, that's a few. That is that is literally <laughs> some. Um, Derek Henry was held to under 75 yards for the first time in his career since, I believe, 2017 as a rookie. So can I, can I just point out, Tom, I'm sorry, because I know you want to talk about your Steelers and I love them so much, but I love the way you say the word rookie. What do you mean, rookie? <laughs> it's like rookie. <laughs> rookie. Rookie. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> now then. It's got it's yeah. got a bit of a kind of brum. Yeah, it's no, almost, yeah, it's, it does sound like a brummy saying Rikai. Rukai. Yeah, but it's Rukai, almost like because your natural cadence would be to say Ruke, but Rukai. you have to like you have to like actively not say Ruke. Yeah, because if I said Ruke, <laughs> then it would sound ridiculous. I can't win. Chase Claypool, uh, Ruke. <laughs> Ruke out of Notre Dame. <laughs> Mapletron. Um, yes. <laughs> anyway, Derek Henry held to 75 yards for just the second time in his career, first time since 2017 when he was a rookie. Rookie. And he basically ran into a brick wall for the first time since. And there was talk about whether or not it was going to be the immovable object or the unstoppable force. And that was the real matchup that was that was really on show. But, I mean, to be outrushed by James Conner, is is the Pittsburgh run defense is is seriously it it's it's actually I I think if I was an offensive coordinator I would have no idea what to do to scheme against the Steelers run D and to be fair in terms of the sort of pass coverage I mean Mike Hilton was missing this week and and Cam Sutton stepped up like there are guys that are sort of fulfilling the next man up situation and doing it well like Robert Spillane had a ridiculously good tackle on Derrick Henry in a goal line stand. And I mean, he paid for it. Stuff. He yeah. paid for it because he, he ended up uh, going out with a with a shoulder injury directly as a result. But you want to you want to see a guy putting his body on the line, and it's yeah. it's Robert Spillane coming up from basically the practice squad of last year and showing up in replacement of Devin Bush. And the Steelers rushed four guys on sort of 80% of their snaps. They don't blitz, per se. They just happen to have possibly the best front four in all of football. And it's because you 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 go to, you go to the left and you run into Cam Haywood and Bud Dupree. You go up the middle, you run into Cam Haywood and Stefan Tuitt. Usually Vince Williams will come up as well. You go to the right, you run into TJ Watt. So it's like, where do you go at this point? So, yeah. I, I'm 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 incredibly happy. The Steelers are six and L. Oh. I'm happy think, for you, Tom. Yeah, I think you have every right to be happy. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, we've we've I've put it on Twitter, but we've all made our own uh, Super Bowl esque related bets or record related bets uh, to do with hair. And mine is that if the Steelers win the Super Bowl this year, I will have a mullet because it was great discussion on whether or not mullets are a thing in 2020. And me and Sam agree that Everyone they are. Everyone the mullet. Mullet's a class. So I will be true. Mullets are more in than they've ever been. Ooh, not the 80s, Sam. 1984 no, it's, was the it's, year of the mullet. It's back in a bigger way than anyone could have envisioned. <laughs> okay, onwards and downwards. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, no. This, <laughs> what games have we got left? We've got the majestic bird ball. Yeah, it was uh, the... Can we find a different sting? Because that one, that one <laughs> sucks. Especially, and, and we'll be heartbroken. I know. Can we have it... like a, a gentle song for? Yeah. Can we? Can we? Okay. Well, we found it. Oh wait. Can we've, we have we've, that? We've, we've and actually then, like, found it. Yeah. Can we have that and then some kind of bone crunching and then the sound of the hawk.
But yeah, there you go. I think that that sounds like an idea. Anyway, the only other undefeated team suffered a defeat at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals. And what a game. What a game. They were Mm. packing backwards and forwards. Could have gone either way. I just DK Metcalf was became the the man we all needed in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen DK Metcalf, Sam? Have you seen? No, the... Um, I'm I'm saving it. Oh my! What do you mean you're saving it? We're doing it I, now. Well, no. <laughs> How are you saving? What are you saving it for? I'm saving actually watching the game because it sounded good. I already so, knew the score. So, so you have no idea what happened then. Uh, I, I saw a one-handed catch that he made. Right. Oh, that's it. Right. Ed, I feel like it's going to be me and you leading the charge for this game because... Because Sam doesn't... Because he just didn't, he just didn't watch it. He's whiffed. Yeah. He's goofed. I had to go to work. <laughs> Works for suckers. Are you, are you wanting us to spoil this game for you then, Sam? Like, because um... we will be talking about it in great detail. Can you talk well, about I it mean, in less detail? It's us, so we will be talking about it in less detail. We well, don't yeah, talk true. about it with no detail. <laughs> there was some Two things that happened. Yeah, pull a Sam. Yeah, pull a Sam and just make it kind of very broad strokes that you've not really gleaned any information from. Or so the teams both were able to move the ball. Uh, no, no, the no, air no, and no. On the you, you're speaking far too coherently. So, like, the teams, they they played football. Uh, uh, you know, you know, like it was, you. it was fun. Patriots, <laughs> eh? Let Russ cook. I want to quit this podcast out of spite. <laughs> we love you. It wouldn't be the same without you. We do love you, Sam. But you did tell us to do it in your style, so we did. Yeah, you, you were the antecedent of this joke. You can't let me upset with the results. You 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 created the joke and have mocked all of us relentlessly over the last yeah four months. Me, me the worst because that's why I'm here. <laughs> Is it at a mockery like, corner? You know I'm not here for you know a deep analysis about like I don't know games that you didn't watch PFF ratings. Now you told me the other day that you were understanding the root tree, so. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's See? you've basically covered it. What's your favorite route? Uh what is it that like someone would run? Yeah. If you were the QB and you had like a sort of go-to route. I quite like dig routes. Okay. Yeah, great again. Great again. That is where it's like yeah, that is where it's like up and then just cut straight across, isn't it? So a a shallow okay. a shallow dig is called a drag. Yeah, that's the one where it sort of goes basically right across the line of scrimmage, basically. You know what? I feel like the point I'm at now, I don't want to learn any more about football because I'm at a perfect little, like, you know, I understand everything. I know what happens. There's there's other stuff. There's more stuff, but I don't need to know it. Is that why you've not watched Cardinals? (laughs) 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 I I, I didn't watch it. Because I didn't have time on my lunch break because I was too busy saving animals' lives. <gasps> he's played the saving oh animals' my God, lives. He's card. The fucking... <laughs> there are so and... many chinchillas with 
with lips that are fully. Functional. I told you, I hate chinchillas. If if I had to put a chinchilla down, I would not be sad. There we have it, fair folks. Um, we'll probably. Go, should we? Do you want us to talk about the game? Do you want to like go and make yourself uh, yeah, a brew or something? Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to so... take out your headphones and just sort of pull stupid faces at us or something? But then, but then, how will I know that you're done? We'll give you. T- we'll we'll do this. Tom will scream so loudly that you can hear it through the headphones, and it'll sound like really tinny and like. Yeah, yeah that that'll work. Yeah, right. Uh, it's okay. I'll say. Okay. Right. Get into it. me, this was a good game. Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It just the the Cardinals led for zero minutes and zero seconds, <laughs> and they won the game. That's what we love to see. You've, what more could you possibly want? Tyler Lockett had a day. You know, when I mentioned about how Devontae Adams had, like, a ridiculously good stat line, Tyler Lockett then went up there and had a 200-yard, three-touchdown day. It just Russell Wilson was on form, but then so were the Cardinals' defensive backs. Kyler Murray was on form. But then, so was the Seahawks' defence. It was Let's just see our linebackers playing out their mind. Yeah, Bobby Wagner comes comes back into that team, and oh, oh, they've got an actual run defence. Yeah, it was it was glorious football for both teams. Both QBs throwing touchdowns, throwing picks, rushing their little lights out, missed kicks. It had everything that. That overtime period basically summed up why I love football. It had yeah. like it had drama, it had late minute wins, it had like crushing defeat for one team in particular, it had excitement, it had big passing plays, it had Kenyon Drake doing fuck all. <laughs> ah Epitome yeah. of why we love the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You love the was... game because you hate the Seahawks? No, I love the Seahawks, but I think it was. But you wanted to be the only on the field. No, it was nice to no, see someone I else want, win. I wanted to see good football and a team losing it in like the last minute of a game. Like that is what I wanted, and that's why I love the Seahawks because they make teams lose in the last minute of a game. So it uh, it wasn't like a oh I wanted to be the only undefeated team because I actually I like the Seahawks. I've I've got nothing against them. They're in a different conference, so it doesn't even affect me. <laughs> but I also like the Cardinals this year, and I think it was, yeah, a, they're, it they're was a, a very likable team. It was a great game of football, and the the NFC West now has five, uh, three teams. Sorry, who have got five wins? Everyone is above five hundred. The Forty Nine ers are on four. Why can we not just give them all of the playoff spots and take away the NFC East? <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is critically unfair that one of those teams is going to miss out. At least one. Yeah. Um, what was that? I was going to say something. Did you, Have we told Sam about DK there, though? We've not yet. The, I'll let you have the honours. So, I often Ru- saw him maybe... Ch- did he chase down a pick? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, what an effort play. Go on. Give us, give us the rundown, Ed. I can't remember who the DB is, but um, would you Russell like me? Throws... Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, take it, take take it. Away. Was it Buda Baker? It was Buda Baker, the speeding bullet himself. Oh my Christ! 
Um, so yeah, Buda Baker picks Ross Wilson off in the end zone and DK chases him. And even though he's probably about 80 pounds heavier, catches him up in during like the last 15 yards and then just hauls him to the ground. Do you know what makes it even even worse though uh, for, for Buda Baker and even better for everyone else is that Buda Baker was already running forward as he makes the pick because he sort of meets it at the point of sort of while he's in full run, like he knows yeah, he that like that pass is coming, jumps through it and he's already going. DK Metcalf is at a standing point. He then has to run probably an extra 20 yards because he's stood in the middle of the field through bodies to get through because there's an entire row line in front of him and D line. He runs through all of that with the extra yards that he has to do and still managed to catch him before he managed to make it into the end zone. It is ridiculous. It is one of the greatest effort plays of all time. And DK is. Metcalf is a freak of nature. I wish we had a sort of like a heat map for it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just someone draws like a straight line for like, yeah, I, I yeah. might do that. That might be how I, how I advertise this podcast. I'd love that, Tom. Anyway, I am going to have to bid a hasty retreat now, if okay. that's all right with you fellas. Yep. I'm sure okay. me and Sam can wrap up. Yeah, we can we can see this out. Yeah. Well, it was it was glorious once again to see both of your fair visages and to talk football with you. Yeah, it was a yep. um, pleasure. We're going to have a guest at the end of the week. We are indeed. So, so keep oh. your eyes peeled. Um, keep your ears peeled. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Um, but we're going to have. We're going to have. I think we might even is. have the guest twice in a row. Is it a surprise for me too? <laughs> It shouldn't be if you read the chat, but, you know. <laughs> it's Phil Longdon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Tom, want my dad to replace me on a podcast. I love Phil Longdon so much. I just want to tell Tom a story about him really briefly. Okay. So when we were in the band, we once played, was it, was it their 20-year wedding anniversary? We played. Yeah. The, the band played a gig, and Phil got up to make a speech, and Phil's a proper, proper Barnsley lad. And his speech started... <laughs> yeah, I, <know> <laughs> I met Jane at car park at Dog and Partridge. I love him so much. Unbelievable. Well, we'll be seeing you very soon, Ed. Thanks for joining. It's been an absolute treat. If you'd like See to go and check out what Ed's been doing, by the way, we we me and him both write for uh, Gridiron Extra, where you can actually go and check out. At gridiron extra without the e dot com. Um so you can see some beautiful articles. Ed's written one about Adam Gase being the ghost of Owen sixteen and it is unbelievably good. And also probably quite true at this point, so go and check it out. Um you can also check out everything that we do over on, on Stiff Lip Pod on Twitter. Uh Stiff Lip One on Instagram and We've also got a Facebook page, which is just Stiff Upper Lip Pod. Uh, you know our logo and everything by now. Also, shout out to uh, the the three of us who, who do Twitch streams as well. If you'd like to go and check out anything that we get up to outside of this podcast, um, we have myself. I run one, which is Chappersman1997 on Twitch. We've also got Little Moon Gaming, which is Emma, um, where she will be actually now streaming now that she's got a capture card and uh we've got tiny potato underscore gaming uh courtesy of our lady beth waller so that's where you can check us all out um sam give us a closing remark son um 
that football, eh? It's not going away. It's not going away. You'll never catch the football. <laughs>